Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 61. Did you miss us? Just silence. Nobody missed us. <laughs> um, well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, you know that we normally only put out three episodes a month. But we just celebrated our two-year podcast anniversary, right. and we're hitting a million streams next week. So we thought yeah. we would do something special, and we'd put out a fourth episode this month. It's going to be a little shorter, but we invited on our friends and the hosts of the podcast, Dynamic Banter, yeah. Steve Zaragoza and Mike Falzone. Hey! Bang, 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 bang. I've been here. I've been here before, and I like it. Steve, you're our only repeat guest. Whoa, He's really? Been here mm-hmm. for the the hand one. What was that called? Yeah, the, Bella the hand, and of the witch hand, hand of God. Hand of glory. Hand of glory. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, yes. do you know what a hand of glory is? No, I was thinking of the what was that? Are you afraid of the dark episode where it was like there was a monkey's paw? Yes. I yeah. imagine it's similar. Big monkey's paw energy with the hand (laughs) of glory. Wow. If you guys are listening to this episode and you don't know what we're talking about, there's no time to explain. (laughs) You simply must go back to the episode that says featuring Steve Zaragoza. Give it seven listens and then come back to this one. Also, did you guys know that this is the first podcast that Mike and I have appeared on as Dynamic Banter? Yes. What? Yeah. I think that that's true. We don't what? do we don't wow. do this. You heard oh it God. here, folks. Let's get haunted. The first exclusive. podcast to host dynamic what? banter. Yeah. Yes, exclusive content. Yeah, you Donate got it. Ten dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We normally don't. It's written into our contracts that we don't do it because it normally ends terribly in a horrible fight. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. we said we'd try again. <laughs> it's hard. It's also hard for us to keep our mouths shut. So we're going to do That's good. I, I think this is actually the first time we've ever had two other podcast hosts on our podcast. That's like, normally, Yeah. Does normally we've we had two guests before, but they weren't podcast hosts of the same podcast. Whoa, so this absolutely. is like, yeah. you guys, this is a legendary episode. Yeah. This is yes. the combining of two podcast giants. Right. This is what brunch sounds like in in Los Angeles. <laughs> Every brunch conversation. Yes. <laughs> we should be on your podcast. You should be on our podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm oh so embarrassed. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like shit. I hope this lives up to it because Natalia and I are known for not being very organized and yeah. for not uh, having good quality anything. So, wow, I feel like... Very excited to have right. some credibility added to our podcast. <laughs> it's I like... think you got the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask. So we know how Steve feels about like supernatural paranormal stuff because we asked mm-hmm. him in the Witch Elm ex- episode. But I don't know how Mike feels about the paranormal and the supernatural. And before you answer, I want to give you a hint. Don't say you don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um... So I grew up in Stratford, Connecticut, and across from where I grew up, there is a park, a very old park, and the guys who made it were incredibly weird. And they're, um, it's, it's on all these mean? lists. You, you got to tell yeah, you us. I honestly, dude, I don't have enough of the interesting facts to make it like a good story. So just picture some zany guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like they made this part. Kind of, yeah. Yep. Yes. Like a patriotic Cheech and Chong. <laughs> so um, this park, I think it, uh, Booth Park was put on all these lists of like top 20 most haunted places. So I kind of grew up with this in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and I was an only child and very lonely at all times. Oh. So I would go looking for ghosts and stuff like that. And then... So I've always been into it, but at a very personal level, because I think a lot of people get too zany with it. And those people mm-hmm. kind of turn me off. But right. if you're like, if right. you're coming at me as like a trustworthy source right? and we have some kind of rapport and you're like, let me tell you what I felt in this place one time, I'm definitely going to listen and be like all ears to your story. I love that. I think this is the time for Natalia to tell the story of when she saw a photograph of a ghost very quickly so that Mike oh. knows what he's getting into. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So are, you're talking about the ex-boyfriend story, right, Alyssa? Yes. It's my favorite. Yes. Back in high school, I was dating this guy and his stepmom's mother passed away and she went away and it was pretty brutal. She had um, like liver, liver cancer, I think. She uh, was like a heavy drinker. She had really suffered in her life a lot. I think she had been incarcerated a few times and uh, like for like armed robbery of a bank. Like she had like kind of a crazy Bonnie and Clyde style life. And she went out and she, it was like a painful way to go. And I don't think she was ready to go at all. So then we go to the funeral and um, after the memorial service, I'm the family stands next to her memorial site or her tombstone and takes a photo And then doesn't think anything of it. And then later, when we're all looking at the photos, you can see in the photo next to the family, there is a shadow figure wearing a red dress and pearls with no face. And that's what she was buried in. What? And it's not it's not like a camera trick. Like it's you can't say you can't say like, oh, this was just a weird angle or this is like a piece of dust floating in the sky or yeah. something. And yeah, like this some was orb like, stuff. This right, was orb. like, you know, like that. iPhone one, you know, this mm-hmm. there was no like, no like cool ghost filters apps. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no. Face. And it was so no face and it was so specific. Yikes. And I remember from that moment on thinking like, wow, this is fucking crazy. And I keep trying to get this photo from my high school ex-boyfriend's stepmom mm-hmm. and she's down, but she like ha- hasn't ever been able to give it to me. Like I'll send Alyssa like screenshots <laughs> of her being like, yeah, I'll ask my husband to get it or whatever. And then like six weeks pass and she's like, so yeah, I'm going to ask my husband to get it. I mean, I understand. Dude, like, that's the in stakes the are not vault, that high. Dude. They, that's they, they have, locked away. I, yeah, they, they don't photo. want that shared because they don't want no. anybody to know that they were involved in some right. like crazy witchcraft curses and shit. The ghost <laughs> exactly. lives with them and they don't she doesn't pay taxes. Right. Oh, yeah. my god. oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Well, and then speaking of curses, Steve, you had started to tell us a story on the Witch Elm episode, but then we were running out of time about an Aztec curse or something. You were saying that your family oh. uh has roots in Mexico yeah. and that there was some treasure curse or something. And so I thought, what? since you're coming back, I want to hear that because now we yeah. have time. Yeah, so I, man, I really should um, get the the um, the rundown from my mom because, you know, like my mom is like a super Catholic religious person. And, um, you know, she, she didn't really like to talk about like uh, spooky stuff 
because she didn't she wanted to protect me and my brother. But, um, you know, every once in a while she would share these little nuggets of like curiosity about her side of the family and kind of like old school, deep family feuds between like, you know, I don't know, like, love triangle type stuff, you know, the, the, the regular right. run of the mill, like family stuff, deep family stuff. Yeah. And I guess like in Mexico, there, there was an aunt, like a great aunt, my mom's great aunt. And again, I'll need to, I'll, you'll just have to have me back so I can have the, the locked yeah. in story. <laughs> but from what I remember she told me was there was an aunt, a great aunt who was jealous of her sister or something and decided to put, like, actually legitimately go into, like, uh, like uh, um, some sort of Aztec curse kind of, like, cult situation. Like, I don't know. Uh -huh. I, I need to find out for sure. But she apparently put a curse on my mom's great aunt. And then from that moment on, like, everybody in her, like, specific immediate family line were affected by like some crazy unfortunate and really like eerily curse like like uh like uh what's the word i'm looking for like uh consequences like like right. like normally people have like some bad luck or whatever and it's like her her immediate family had like the worst luck of the whole family and they all swear that it was because of this curse so I'll, I'll have to, like, get it. I'll yeah. have to get more info. You know but. what that's called, right? That's a blood curse. There, oh, a oh. Curse is put on your entire bloodline. The blood curse. That's And that's got to be some yeah. major shit if you're willing to put a blood curse on somebody. Because that's, like, Oh, there's forever. consequences. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. so that's the Kennedy curse is thought of as a blood curse because a shit ton of them died in unfortunate circumstances or were assassinated and... So right. then we did a whole episode on that, and the su supposed origin of their blood curse is that um, during the potato famine in Ireland, there I guess there were whole towns that would pool their money and send uh, a family to the United States. And the idea was that once that family was in the United States, they were supposed to work really hard and send back money to the village. And in that particular village the ancestors of the Kennedys were chosen to go to the United States and send back money and they didn't send back money. And <laughs> Just so like new life. New yeah, life, new life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that is the origin of the Kennedy curse. And that wow. curse if you believe in it, right? Like still right. follows them to this Allegedly. day. So you're right. That's some fucking serious shit. Like we're going yeah. to get you back. I mean like, there's so much we don't understand. <laughs> We're going to get you for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got you to gotta send money back. You yeah. got to send money back. Do you, though? I could see myself doing that, being like, that was in the yeah. past. Later. Dude, what do you think is, like, the most low-stakes thing anyone's ever had a blood curse put on them for? <laughs> oh, my God. We did a whole episode last week uh, where Natalia looked at this website where you can literally send someone a cursed chicken foot for yeah. any reason. 
Like, oh, they right. like they said something to you you didn't like. Send them this cursed chicken foot. Like, it's a cursed out. voodoo chicken foot, oh and it God. it comes with like a piece of paper that's like, you know what you did. <laughs> this is from you know who about you know what. It's like a Mad Libs. You are cursed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to just like apply to anything. But yeah. you yeah. know you did adjective, and I feel noun <laughs> yeah. about it. <laughs> That's Insert literally name exactly here. What it's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe it. I know. And then that curse, so that chicken foot curse that you can pay for to send to your enemy, it also comes with a spell for you to perform on yourself so that you're not affected by the bad energy that you're right. chicken footing around the town. Mm. Yeah. Dude, they need to be charging five dollars for the, the anti curse. And that's right, how, right, right. That's yeah, how. and if that's you how. you act now, you get the anti curse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, call, yeah. call in the next thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so fascinating. I know, it's crazy. And I, I have always felt like too, and we talked a little bit about this in the in the last episode that I was in, where it's like I feel like if you if you're the kind of person that will go as far as to collect like like chicken feet and um and like put things together in a stew to make some sort of right. like potion or something that you've, <laughs> you've opened, you're haunted yes yeah you've you're haunted yourself up to a conduit of evil at that right. point and there's nothing like you've already opened the door you can't close it after that you know that's my feeling which is why right. like i've still to this day not touched a ouija board like. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely not. We've learned on this show, like, do not if you want to live a happy life, do not touch a Ouija board, because nine out of ten times it ends in a story that's featured on our podcast. Right, right. and I used yeah. to be like, look, it's a game, right? Like the Milton Bradley company that makes Monopoly made the fucking thing. Like, what, what, how yeah, could it right. be evil? But it's like I, the older I got after thinking that, I was like. But it's not about, like, who's behind making it. It's about the thing being a tool right. to, to contact something. And whether it's a toy or not, you can bring that energy into this, like, game. And I mean, it, even yeah. look exactly. at... Look at Monopoly. Look what that does to families. Oh, yeah. Like, I have seen, yes, I have seen evil things come out of families who are playing yes. Monopoly together. Dude, yes. If you're so. telling me that a demon spirit will travel into and work through a chicken's foot. <laughs> They'll yeah. go into a Ouija board. Ouija board's kind of nice. Fresh. Yeah. You know how if you find out that like your favorite kind of food is at this restaurant that just opened and you're like, that attracts you to that place. Like when, when, uh, for example, like, you know, the stuffed crust pizza, you're like, I got to try a stuffed crust pizza. That sounds awesome. I yeah. feel like to right. demons, they're like, Oh, chicken foot. I'm in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like to a demon, a chicken foot is the new Arby's yeah. sandwich that has all the meats and chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely. In. I totally agree. I wonder if demons have like a Pinterest board of all of like the haunted artifacts that they would one day like to possess. Oh my God. If I could only get into board. a chicken's foot. God, that's so funny. I love it. Well, okay. So we've talked about curses. What about how, Mike, how do you feel about aliens and ghosts? What do you, do you, are to you are those two things like very different because yeah. for some people they're it's like the oh aliens is just like that is absolutely real but ghosts no so well, how, do you, how do you feel about those two things i would start any conversation we're gonna have by saying i'm not the smartest person 
So <laughs> what I say is like, I'll never Welcome. be like, yeah, this is how it is. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> right. Perfect. Um, but I think that in, in my mind, aliens and ghosts are very different and there's no way that aliens don't exist. But again, I can't comprehend. It's something I can't even comprehend in my little human brain. But, and I also feel that way about like supernatural stuff. Like it could very well exist and I just have no concept of it. You know, you don't, you don't know until you know, but, um, to me, I think aliens are like, I see them as two different things. Okay. What about the theory? We've talked about this on the show before the theory that aliens and ghosts are actually just people living in a parallel universe. And then sometimes the veil thins between your universe and that universe. And that's how we explain paranormal phenomenon. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah. see, that's that's exactly that's natalia's perfect. reaction anytime <laughs> anything is covered she's like yep i accept it <laughs> I, can i be honest are you guys honest on this podcast yes. oh yeah, yeah that, it honest. seems like one of those things that i either don't understand at all or other people create to help them understand what they want to happen you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, yeah. searching for I don't a logical know. explanation for something <laughs> right. spooky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Totally. Absolutely. But I'm in. Yeah. I'm invested. This story I'm going to tell you guys has l- almost every single element that we have talked about in this intro. There could be a ghost thing going on. There could be what? an alien thing going on. Could be some sort of cult or blood curse could be a lot of different things so i'm very excited Ooh, to get yeah, into I'm this excited. story with you guys today are you ready yeah i'm super ready yeah. <laughs> i'm so ready okay guys have you ever heard of the lead masks case no no wait no. lead mask case is that yes have you seen that movie with leonardo the man in the lead mask is it like that is that like based I, on a true story uh i never saw that movie but it could be i'm gonna say yes it is whoever oh. wore this mask I've decided definitely I've decided. died of like some kind of lung related yeah issue <laughs> lead poison. Yeah, i think no, this, lead's yeah, bad for this you is not right? about that yeah okay guys <laughs> so on august 17th 1966 Two co-workers living in the city of Campos dos Goitacazes in Brazil bade their families farewell and boarded a bus together at 9 a.m. What happened next would involve a series of bizarre events, ultimately leading to two deaths that are now considered two of the most mysterious, unexplained, and speculated about deaths in the entire country of Brazil. What? But before we can get into the narrative that led to these deaths, we must first briefly gain some social, economic, and historical context into the region that today's story takes place. Tread carefully, Alyssa. (laughs) I know. This is why we're here. (laughs) Take some notes. All right. So as I said, today's story takes place in a city named Campos dos Goitacazes. And Campos dos Goitacazes is described as a municipality located in the northern area of the state of Rio de Janeiro in the country of Brazil. And at the time of its last census, Campos dos Goitacazes had a population of half a million people. And its land area spans approximately 1,557 square miles, making it the largest municipality in the state. 
And according to our favorite source on this podcast, Wikipedia, <laughs> its name comes from the geographical characteristic of the region, which is very flat with fields or campos in Portuguese, and from the Goitacazes Indians who inhabited the region originally before colonizers came. And the city has a tropical climate, and its economy is based on oil extraction, with its nickname being the capital of oil and sugar. And its motto is Ipsi Matrone Hic Pro Jury Pugnant, which is Latin for even women here fight for their rights. Oh, <laughs> progressive. <laughs> Dude. They're woke. Is that good? What a great t-shirt. Yeah, right? So in 2018, this city recorded a murder rate of about 46 homicides per 100,000 inhabitants, making it the most violent city in the southern half of Brazil. And for comparison, I looked at the murder rate of various cities in the United States, um, and Los Angeles has a murder rate of 6.4 homicides per 100,000, and Detroit's murder rate is 40.6 homicides per 100,000. So... This is significantly higher Whoa. than Los Angeles Wait, and even so higher than Detroit. Detroit is 40 and that place is 46? Yes, correct. Okay. Damn. Because we, we think when we think about Detroit, we think about how violent it is pretty much. Well, yeah. Right. Well, so imagine and, that, but yeah. like a little bit more. Right, exactly. A little bit more and like way fucking bigger because yeah. this is over a thousand square miles. So way more people. And uh, tropical. Uh, and tropical. Which is great. More places to hide people. Yes. Yes. Okay. So all of that information I just gave you on Compostos Goitacazes is based on modern day statistics. But like I told you earlier, this story takes place in 1966. So we got to go back a little bit further to figure out the climate that this story is taking place in. So in the 1950s, the city had a population of over 700,000. However, by the 1960s, the population had fallen by around 100,000 because of an economic crash in the oil industry. So you were talking about how when we think of Detroit, we think of like a violent city. Well, why is it violent? Because it had this crazy economic decline related to industry leaving. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of what is happening here in this town as well. Wow. So since the city's economy is largely based on oil production, obviously an economic decline is going to greatly affect that area. So a lot of people were losing their jobs, their homes, and many more people were relocating to other parts of Brazil in search of better economic prospects. And adding to the economic instability in this region, the Brazilian government also underwent a coup in 1964 when the Brazilian armed forces, backed by the United States, of course, overthrew their democratically elected president out of fear that he might be a communist. And the Brazilian military government was an authoritarian military dictatorship that replaced the democratically elected leader, and they ruled Brazil from the time of the coup in April of 1964 up until 1985. So we're talking about 20 years of a military dictatorship. Alyssa's favorite time period in American history is like the Red Scare, I feel like. All, like all of your favorite War? stories. Yes, yeah. all yeah. of my favorite stories. Because crazy shit was just happening. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> There were nuclear crises and... And everyone yeah. was just was afraid there were spies everywhere, and everybody yeah. was accused of being a spy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. exactly, intense paranoia. Yes, for sure. absolutely. Yeah, makes for a lot of good stories, but I'm glad I didn't live yes. back in that time. 
So in 1967, the military dictatorship enacted a new restrictive constitution, which basically said that freedom of speech is not a thing anymore. And uh, anyone who is opposed to the regime uh, is not going to be alive anymore. So the regime <laughs> adopted. Not going to be alive I don't, anymore. I, I don't necessarily want to say. I don't want to give it away. I don't necessarily want to say that they killed people, but. Um, but they like, made like, sure they weren't alive. That's they, for sure. they definitely made sure that it's a you recipe were not for disappearing. Having a good time. People. Yes, exactly, right. yeah. exactly. So they adopted nationalism, economic development, and anti-communism as its guidelines. And also following the coup, advisors from the United States and the United Kingdom came to Brazil and trained Brazilian forces in interrogation techniques and torture techniques. And while other dictatorships around the world were killing way more people per capita, the military government of Brazil saw the widespread use of torture techniques like imprisonment without trial, kidnapping, rape, and castration as punishment. The military government murdered hundreds of others, although this was done mostly in secret, so we don't know like the exact number of people they murdered, and the cause of death was often falsely reported as accidental. So sometimes they would say, like, oh, this person just fell off of a cliff right. with a yeah. bag around their head and it was <laughs> recorded as such. Yeah. And the government occasionally dismembered and hid the bodies of citizens that they killed. So in 2007, Brazil actually elected um, a female, uh, I don't know if it's pres president or prime minister, a female leader. And she was actually one of the people who was disappeared during that time. And so she talked about her experience and she had a, a whole um, sort of like section of the government look into this so that they could formally document it. Because up until that point, it was something that the Brazilian government just didn't even want to acknowledge. Yeah. She came so, back from being disappeared. Yeah. Wow. What? That's awesome. Does she have Isn't a magician friend? She became the leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So according to that formal report, they could account for 475 people who were disappeared during that time thousands who were imprisoned and roughly 30,000 that they could definitively say were tortured. Um, and more than 280 different types of torture were inflicted on subversives. So people that they thought were against the dictatorship. And they had 242 clandestine torture centers run by hundreds of individual torturers that were uh, trained by the UK and the US. Creating so many jobs. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm glad you're looking at the positives. I don't know, I don't know what to do you gotta with keep this the, Gotta keep the economy going. Gotta... Right, right. Oh, my God. So, Did you say hundreds? There's hundreds of those places? 242. With... In, in Brazil or in that town? In Brazil. So this was taking place in Brazil, but I actually had a professor in college who uh, was from Argentina, and they went through a very similar thing in Argentina with a lot of the same techniques because it was, again, the U.S. helping to train a government to overthrow someone they thought might be a communist, and then it's, it sort of created all of these different disappearances or pulling people out of the streets most of the time it would be like students or activists and my teacher actually was a desaparecida she was disappeared in argentina and went to one of these clandestine torture centers and she said that the whole time she was there she was there for a little over a month they would have these buildings that they set they pretended were something else and so in her case she was in a discotheque and so what? they would blare 
they would blare this really loud music outside the discotheque to drown out the screams of people being tortured inside. Oh and so if you were just walking by, you'd say, oh, well, that's a club that like, it, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's a club. It's at capacity. They're not letting anybody in. And that's why the music's so loud. And when she was in her um, torture center, they had her blindfolded the entire time. So for something like 40 days, she was just blindfolded. And yeah, they would uh, like hit you. They would rape you. They would torture you with instruments. And she was able to escape. Um, Something happened to where her particular torture center was liberated. And she came immediately over to the U.S. and became a professor. And she's like testified at the United Nations and stuff about it. So this is like something that was absolutely going on at the time. And obviously was like it's so interesting because there's no way it can't affect the regular citizens but a lot of people just didn't know what was going on as well and they it just probably by these torture scared right like it to mm-hmm. hear the rumors of like potentially right. the government disappearing people it's like it works for the government in the in the sense that it keeps people afraid and it keeps them like uh obedient in in their in the ways that they want them absolutely to be. but other than rumors like how would you even know that right it's... you wouldn't know but but you'd know that things had changed since the 50s and things were really bad and so you were like well if everything's this bad then these rumors must be fucking true so i guess i'll just keep my mouth shut otherwise i'm gonna end up in one of these fucking places yeah or like your neighbor just gets disappeared one day and you have no idea what happened right i'm also thinking of like this is not funny so i'm gonna try really hard not to laugh but i'm also thinking of like the only way to make torture worse would be like listening to pitbull <laughs> on like the loudest level possible like just 24 yeah, hours yeah, a day imagine Dude, that. like club music on day 17 and, you're like can we at least change it can we at least change the song right like lmfao any just, other like, station blaring. any other station yeah. exactly okay so this whole thing that i just described that is the backdrop in which our story takes place today so that yeah there's a lot of paranoia there's um a lot of economic instability there's a regime change that is has just happened uh this is two years after the coup that this story takes place so there's a lot of uncertainty and paranoia going on around this time and as i said at the beginning our story centers around two brazilian men from the city of campos dos goitacazes and the men were manuel pereira da cruz and miguel jose viana and they were described as two electronic technicians in some articles I read, or two electronic enthusiasts. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe that's a translation <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'm not fully sure. Um, but their ages were 32 and 34, and they had young families. Uh, so they were married, they had children, they were employed in some capacity involving electronics, and they were regarded by their neighbors as upstanding citizens. So this story takes place or begins on Wednesday, August 17th, 1966, when these two men, Cruz and Viana, leave their homes, telling their wives that they're headed to Sao Paulo, which was about 430 miles away, to buy electronic equipment and a car for work. And they were carrying cash totaling about 3 million cruzeros. And that sounds like a lot of money, but... Because of all the economic instability, it's actually really hard to tell how much that is because there was a lot of inflation and the government was changing their currency every few years. So they would say, oh, now we have we're using the Real. Oh, now we're using the Crucero or now we have a new Crucero. And so it's it's 
I read an article that said maybe it was like $500 in American dollars, but it, it's kind of hard to tell. It's up in the air. So these guys have 3 million cruzeros in cash, and they were last seen boarding a bus at 9 a.m. And the bus arrived at the city of Niteroy, a city only five miles away from Rio de Janeiro, around 2 p.m., and the men got off. Because it was raining, they both bought identical raincoats for around 9,400 cruceros. Then they went to a bar and purchased a bottle of mineral water from a waitress. And they kept the receipt so that they could go back and get a refund for the empty bottle later because times were hard. Obviously, there was a lot of economic struggle, so a lot of people were recycling. And the waitress noticed that the men seemed nervous and that one of the men, Viana, kept checking his watch as if he were expecting something. And after they left her bar, the waitress saw them climb into a jeep with two other unknown men around 3.15 p.m. and disappear down the road. So fast forward about two hours later at 5 p.m., there's a little boy flying his kite on a hill known as the Moro do Ventem, or the Hill of Coins. And he sees two men that he doesn't know sitting next to each other at a point really high up on the hill and they're just sitting there staring off into the distance and he thinks this is kind of weird but whatever they're not bothering him so he's flying his kite and then he goes home well the next day august 18th he comes back to fly his kite again and he sees the same two men in the exact same place on the exact same part of the hill but instead of sitting up and looking into the distance now they're lying down so again, he thinks this is really weird, but he doesn't go up to the men, he doesn't try to get closer, and he doesn't say what he saw to anybody else. And then two days later, on August 20th, this same little boy goes back to that hill, this time he's hunting for birds, when he was overcome by a very foul odor. The boy looked around the hill and saw the same two men lying on the exact same spot that he had seen them before. The boy went home and told his parents, who alerted the authorities in Niteroy, that there was a strong smell of decomposition coming from the area. And when the police arrived at the hill, they could also see those two men in the distance lying on their backs motionless, but they couldn't reach them for about a day due to the rough terrain. And when the police did reach the men, they were met by a very strange sight. The grass and leaves around and underneath the men appeared to have been hand-trimmed with scissors. The men were lying on their backs with their hands behind their necks in a relaxed position as if they were just watching the clouds. They were wearing matching elegant suits with heavy matching raincoats on top of them. Beside each of the man's heads was a wet towel and a small sheet of lead cut into the shape of sunglasses. Each man also had cash on him. One had around 4,000 cruceros in his pocket, and the other had a wet plastic bag with 157,000 cruceros stuffed into it. And I'm going to send you guys some pictures in our group chat because I want you to see what it looked like when the police found these Are men. these people dead? Yes. Whoa. I mean, okay, so we're seeing some black and white photos of what looks like bodies like a body in the in the grass or in the trees sort of and then these like fucking sunglasses you were talking about and then more bodies and it looks like people are coming to clean up the bodies and stuff and then take the bodies away as far as the cut grass aspect goes is that what that flat terrain around them kind of is 
Yeah. So I, I read a couple different articles and it's it's kind of hard to tell, but it seems like what they're trying to say is that like when you mow grass, obviously, but instead of mowing it, the guys had scissors and they had cut uh, the grass down in the area they were laying on. And then they had also taken leaves that were in the area and cut up the leaves around. I want to clarify something. So when I hear like cut grass and two guys on a hill, I was picturing like a manicured hill Same. in the far yeah. distance with like short grass. Right. And we're looking at these photos and this is like heavy jungle yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And and so that makes more sense why it took them a day to get to that. But I can't even imagine that little boy seeing these bodies Same. from a day away. Because this is literally looks like guys just like heavy like you know that shit you saw in school about the rainforest and like the canopy and like all the different animals and shit. Like this is what we're looking at. Yeah. Right. right. Unless it was facing like unless you you could see the like a clearing from where the boy was was flying his kite or something. Because if they were sitting up, then maybe you could see some figures or people sitting. But once they're down, it might be hard to tell at that point. Well, yeah. And these are black and white, so we don't know what colors Good point. Good point. they were wearing. And maybe the glasses were reflecting off the sun, and that's what the little boy saw from a distance. So we're, when they were sitting up, were these guys wearing... Were, okay few questions were these guys wearing these fake glasses because it looks just like a piece of cardboard like glasses cut out mm-hmm. of right of some I, I know you said it's like lead or or sheet metal or something but right so these these glasses don't have uh frames right or they don't have like the sides that go over your ear it's so just these, the lenses right so it looks kind of like um like a mardi gras mask that you would hold up yeah. to your face like yeah. a masquerade brett the hitman heart glasses <laughs> Correct. Or like those, those like, I remember when I was a kid, I'd go to the eye doctor and when they dilate your eyes, they'd give you just like, it wouldn't fit on your face like glasses would, but it would be like a thing. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. Right. Exactly. So these guys, in order to wear the glasses, they would have to be holding them onto their faces. So when they found the guys, the glasses were next to them. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because they're dead, so right. they can't be holding the glasses up. Right. Yeah. Wow. But um, when the, when they were sitting and looking in the distance, did we know if they had the glasses on? The the two articles know. I read didn't specifically say, but I would assume so because, like you guys said, how would the boy have even seen them yeah. up high in the distance on the hill? So I'm assuming they probably had these glasses on that were, like you said, Natalia, they're made of lead, but they look like sheet metal. So yeah. the sun would probably be reflecting off of those glasses. Yeah. Okay. And also, I just want to say, so the boy was flying the kite for two days and then came back to find birds. And do you remember, Steve, that in the last episode that you were on, it was a body that was also found by a little boy looking for birds? Yeah. Yeah, they were looking for bird nest eggs or something mm-hmm. or bird nest. Yeah. I exactly. wonder if that's like just a pastime in the back in the days. <laughs> internetless world you gotta look for birds if it weren't for these kids looking for yeah. birds we wouldn't have had <laughs> right. two really great stories right right, right. Okay. original twitter <laughs> exactly <laughs> I hate I hate that I saw that I wish we could edit that out I'm not nope not cutting it out sorry it's there forever okay so adding to this mystery also next to the men besides the wet towels besides these weird lead glasses and besides the cut grass uh, the police discovered a notebook 
And the first page of the notebook wasn't very interesting. It just had a list of different electronic materials and spare parts that the guys had told their families they were going to go purchase. So that made sense. But the second page of the notebook had kind of this cryptic couple of sentences. And it was written in Portuguese, but the grammar was written as if the person didn't speak Portuguese. And the handwriting didn't match either of the two men. So we're not sure who wrote this. And it said, on Sunday, take one tablet after the meal. On Monday, take one tablet in the morning on an empty stomach. On Tuesday, take one tablet after the meal. On Wednesday, take one tablet before going to bed. At 16.30, being in the agreed-upon location. At 18.30, swallow the capsule after the effect. Protect half the face with lead mask and await the agreed-upon signal. Whoa! Why? What? Why? It's like they almost followed all the directions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so now it sounds like they were following some sort of weird haunted ritual and they met they like weren't killed and put in that place maybe whatever they took killed them or something or maybe they were tripping i don't know yeah like maybe they poisoned themselves and maybe they were tricked into like some kind of like hail bop comet type thing like a heaven's gate right. type thing yeah. maybe because it's also like have all your money with you and stuffed into a bag right, and keep right. taking pills. Maybe that's a regular thing too. So like if this area had the grass around it, like trimmed or whatever, maybe they're not the first people who've gone through right. this ritual. Mm. You know, maybe that's like a bunch of people who have gone through this, and that's why that area around there is kind of it's like somebody's like, job yeah. to maintain the agreed upon spot. Right, yes. right, right. Keep yes. the landscape. Look for the area where I have cut all the leaves in half. <laughs> right, right. And you know you're in the right place. <laughs> it's Let me know if you like it. Like, even if this is some kind of like suicide thing. Like, you know, which I've jumped to a conclusion of <laughs> right away. But but right. I mean, you know, if they're taking pills of some kind, then now we're thinking now I'm thinking of like a poisoning kind of thing. And maybe someone wanted right. them dead or maybe someone was fucking with them or I mean, but the crazy thing is, is like they had families. Right. And they Dude, were like, right. Am yeah. I the only one who immediately was like, they're in love and they can't tell their family? Oh, star-crossed lovers. Oh. They want to get away. And they buy oh. the matching suits and the matching jackets. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You might be onto something I here. think about that angle. The police see these bodies. They take note of all this weird stuff around it. They see this weird notebook. And then now, of course, you guys saw in the photos, they start carrying the bodies of Cruz and Viana down the hill on stretchers. And then they took them in for autopsies. However, because things were kind of um, socially and economically and politically strained in Brazil at the time, the coroner who was supposed to be doing the autopsy didn't get around to it for a couple of weeks. So by the time that he got around to it, the bodies were already pretty severely decomposed. And so he couldn't really tell much from the bodies at that point. But he supposedly was able to determine the, um, who the men were because they had identification on them. So that's how they knew it were it was these two men. And 
also they were the coroner was able to say that the men must have died the night of august 17th just basing on the level of decomposition by the time he got to it and based on the testimony of that little boy because the boy saw them sitting up during the day on the 17th and then the next morning on the 18th when he came back to the hill the men were laying down so the coroner Uh, takes all of that information and makes a determination and says they must have died sometime that night between the time the little boy left the hill and when he came back the next morning. And he also determined that the men's bodies showed no sign of violence or evidence of burning and no indication of poisons in their organs. However, he did not conduct a toxicology report. And also it I read part of the autopsy that had been translated into English, and it said that the organs were so decomposed that a lot of them were almost in a liquid state. So I'm not sure how he could really make yeah. that determination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe it was like, you know, maybe maybe they did it on purpose so that they so that there wasn't a conclusive reason, you know, not, not not that the guys yeah. did it on purpose, but that like they the coroners left didn't get to them because maybe it was right, one of a right. government thing where they were trying to disappear them and didn't right. want any conclusive evidence right. but but you know i don't know i feel like in a corrupt time it didn't even matter if there was like conclusive evidence to an autopsy that would prove what happened because they could just cover that up or they could just make sure no, nobody right. ever found that out or yeah like i said it that- seems like there's some element of willingness to this just based off of the evidence we have and i know that it could be planted evidence that's trying to get us to think this way but if we run with it if we run with the journal entry or whatever it sounds like there was like three days of them willingly having to take whatever this pill is yeah and follow these directions and and do all of this so it must have been coming from someone they trusted if we believe that the entry, you know, there's no malintent. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because, like, if you're gonna disappear someone, just fucking disappear them. Right. Like, why go and through this? And why make them do days and days and days of like pills yeah. when like one pill could effectively kill them or something? Right. And if it is torture, wouldn't well, I guess the bodies we didn't really know what they looked like, but if it was torture, then I feel like there would have been signs of you know like their hands being cuffed or. There's some sort of force. Right. And it seems like and, there was like definitely yeah. free will. They had, they were free. They weren't like captured right. and they were at that bar and they were like, and then they bought all yeah. that stuff, the raincoats or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they weren't really like being forced to do anything. It seems like. Also, if you're killed to like uh, rob you, that's, that definitely happens. They don't right. like find money with you like if somebody was doing that on purpose to rob them it seems like they would have made sure that they grabbed all that stuff right right yeah because there was cash left over on the body so that's a good point so and also making it even weirder like i said this coroner he took so long that there's no way to tell how they died but he wrote down on his report that his personal opinion is that the two men died of a heart attack at the exact same time. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Case closed. How many yeah. other people did he put that And that's for the that end day? of the episode. Yeah. What's it? Five o'clock? Uh, heart attack, heart attack, yeah. heart attack. That's like a guy who's yeah. like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta get home. I got a dinner's cooking. Right. Heart attack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so the police continue into their investigation because they find the ID on the guys. So they have to go notify next of kin. 
So they travel over to Campos dos Goyatecas, where these two people are from. They find their families and they start trying to piece together. Like, what were these guys doing in the days leading up to their death? Why were they even in this city on this hill when they're from a town almost like two, a couple hundred miles away? Right. So they start to investigate and they found that the notes found on the two men about the pills and the lead masks did not match the handwriting samples of either of the victims. And additionally, they started to have these questions about where did the rest of the men's money go? Because as they start talking to the family, they realize that according to the wives, they had taken three million cruceros with them to buy all of these supplies that were listed out on the first page of their notebook. But when they were found, they were found with only 161,000 cruceros. And even taking into account the purchase of the bus tickets, the raincoat, and the water bottle, we're still talking about 2.5 million cruceros that are missing and unaccounted for. Wow. Yeah, but they bought the suits. They probably had them. What if they, again, if they were in love, dude, only the finest food (laughs) and staying at the hotels. They're having a little romantic tryst. Yeah. The suits to me and maybe the psychedelics or whatever this is, if we believe this is all willing, it sounds like they were on some sort of like Vegas in Brazil type thing. So like who's to say that they didn't go and, you know, have some sex workers or right yeah, which like wouldn't be accounted for partake right. in right. they didn't keep that's the receipts point. for right. everything but they did keep the receipts for that bottle of but see, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the I was gonna bring up like if they were being frivolous with money or if they were on like some kind of like vegas style let's spend money kind of trip then why the why were they saving mm. the bottles to recycle Dude, them this and is get what happened exactly then. they go into the bar right that's like their first thing okay. And they go get the mineral water and the guy, the straight laced nerdy guy is like, okay, can we get the receipt just, just so we can, oh, you I know, see. bring it back. Yeah, and yeah. then his, his other guy is like, shh, shh, we don't need to do that anymore. We don't need that life anymore. We don't need receipts. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I don't need this. And he rips up the receipt and then they go have their crazy yeah. time. Right. But, you know, that makes just as much sense as anything else in this story, Mike. <laughs> so naturally because of the missing money the first theory that the police come up with is a robbery which you guys mentioned right like what if there's some sort of robbery happening here and this theory was actually sort of backed up because the waitress said that when they purchased the water from her they looked really nervous and they were looking at their watches and then when they stepped out onto the street a jeep pulled up And two unknown men are driving this vehicle. And then our two men that are found dead on the hill get into that Jeep. So presumably, whoever those two men in the Jeep were would be the last people to have seen them alive Mm -hmm. before uh, the boy saw them on the hill. How were they traveling through Brazil? Did they you said that they had their they were going to get a car and electronic equipment. So they got on a bus in the their hometown okay. and that took them to Niteroi, which if you look, I looked on a map because I was I obviously don't know the geography of Brazil very well. The town of Niteroi is about five miles from the hill that they were found on. So we're not sure how they got from 
the bar in Niteroy to the hill. But the waitress claims that she saw a Jeep pick them up. But keep in mind, this is like well before the time of cell phones and social media. And it was not a cab service. There were no, this was not like a cab situation. There's no Uber. I'm trying to figure out how they met these Jeep guys. I guess they could have met them on the bus or they could have. That's true. Pre-arranged it beforehand. Like if this was, right, if this was like a drug drop or whatever it was, they could have had this all right. planned before yeah. i don't know or it could have been a desaparecido situation where these are two men that might be government officials that then disappear these two guys coming out of a bar right I mean, we're just not really sure i don't i don't think the disappearing thing would happen works for me because it just feels like too much work Right, especially at that point where they're like, they are probably disappearing people in really sloppy ways that were like obvious. Right. Just Just taking groups of them and putting them in these like weird buildings. Right. Like, why would you go through, why would you create a fairy tale? But Alyssa was saying that like they would even go so far as to like do all these crazy torture techniques in these places. And if there's hundreds of torturers in each in these right. 200 plus locations or whatever then like maybe you had like kind of the guy that liked to do weird shit and like convince people to take pills and go up to a hill and make lead yeah. glass. like who knows right like, who knows yeah right well and also the kind of per- person you must have to be i mean we think of like the holocaust and the guards that were at these gas chambers or concentration camps like the kind of person you must have to be to be like hell yeah i'm gonna take these people to a discotheque and like you know mutilate them and assault them i mean who's to say those men weren't just doing it on the street anyway maybe they get drunk at a bar and they see these two guys coming out and they're like hey you know what? This sounds like it'll be fun. Let's take these two guys right. and do something weird. They're like, look at these losers in their ponchos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, fucking lead glasses. And then to not even take hill. their money after that, or to just take a, some of it. That's even yeah, crazier. Yeah, just take some of it. Yeah, give me seventy five percent of your money. And, yeah. and even like, because because you know, I mean, you, you, even back then, the, the police officers or the or the responders would like pickpocket the bodies and take yeah. rings and money and stuff. Like I'm surprised that they found any kind of money on them at all from all the opportunities for people to take money from them, even off Good of their point. dead bodies. So it's very curious. It's maybe it's even more suspicious that they did have some money on them. Like you're saying. Exactly. And you know, the police are thinking, okay, well, what if these two guys were drugged and then forcibly taken to the Hill for some reason, and it was a tempting theory. However, it did contradict with the testimony of the boy who had said that he had seen those two men alive on the first day. They're sitting there alive, just staring right. off into the distance. So if somebody had kidnapped them, you would think that either the little boy would have seen the kidnappers holding a gun to the head so that the two men couldn't get off the hill, or you would have seen the two men already dead. So it's interesting right. that they were sitting up on this hill presumably alive for the at least the first day why the lead glasses I know. too like it's if, so crazy if it's to prevent <laughs> if it's to prevent them from seeing if they're tripping and they didn't want them to like see light or something or their eyes are going to be sensitive you could use something else but like lead lead glasses that's like someone's going right, to x-ray right, you exactly. or like shoot a gun, yeah. ray exactly. gun at you or something and like why preserve the and if yeah, they're like electronics like if they work in electronics and stuff like maybe they knew that like 
lead would be the right type of protective eyewear for what they were doing, you know? So maybe right. there's some sort of connection with their knowledge of technology in some way. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I think, I think you might be onto something because yeah, the, and the police even said, you know, this theory of, um, being robbed and murdered it also doesn't account for the lead masks and it doesn't account for the wet towels and it also doesn't explain that cryptic note so and it doesn't explain why the grass and leaves are all cut up with scissors wow. and so or why they're wearing ponchos over new over, suits over new fancy right. suits exactly so that theory they kind of the police kind of say well okay we'll like table that and come back to it but we don't think that that is the most likely so then the next theory that they come up with is that the men had died in some sort of suicide pact however the two men had young families with wives and children they were also both employed which was something that was really hard to come by in the current brazilian economy and the men seemed to be making future plans. For example, they had saved that empty water bottle with the intention of recycling it. And they were due to return from their trip with this new truck for their business. And so the police kind of say, well, if somebody's making future plans, that's normally one of the signs. Whenever you were like hearing a true crime story, one of the things that detectives will look at is, well, okay, is this suicide or is this something like nefarious? Well, was the person making future plans? Because people who are planning on committing suicide normally don't make future plans. That's right, yeah. So, wow. but, you know, Mike, this maybe goes along with your theory of are they secret lovers? Here and <laughs> so maybe wait. they just created, they fabricated these future plans for their real fam, like their current families. Right, right. And then. How about we it, just I go and we get a bottle of water and we get a truck? and we get the hell out of here yeah because yeah, yeah. also like you got to imagine at the time and certainly in in brazil it might have been like incredibly taboo to be in love with someone Absolutely. of the same sex mm -hmm. and have a relationship with another man like it must be something that could be potentially devastatingly shameful to them and their families so it's like, you know, maybe covering this up in a really bizarre way would keep you so far away from the, the lover's, you know, suicide. Yeah, you'd path. never right. even think of the lover's aspect right. because lead masks and <laughs> wet towels mask, don't yeah. really scream. <laughs> I'm well, on a vacation masks. with my lover. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they had the ponchos on and, and the lead masks and the wet towels and all that, it sounds like they were expecting something weird to happen with right. their bodies, yeah. right? Like, they were expecting some kind of horrible reaction right. or... Yeah. So, God, I wish the stupid coroner didn't I know. Right. I, I know. wish it wasn't so close to dinner when he had to leave. <laughs> to I wish it had happened earlier on a weekday. <laughs> Sitting in the grass. Dude, what if um there was this manicured spot? I, I don't know what, what made me think of this, but there was that manicured spot in the grass that somebody definitely yeah. knew was there. That means if you had that area kind of scoped out, you as that person could be somewhere else uh, while what? they're... Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you as the, as the, no. <laughs> I realize I'm hearing what I said. You as the person who gave them like the pills and the instructions or whatever could be right. somewhere else in like a more right, heavily right, right. wooded or covered area. Watching yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Like voyeurism? Yeah, like you're saying no, it could have been all saying. laid out by the same yeah. people who gave them the instructions on what pills to take and shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Right. Like you could have a gun to their head and be like, put yeah, this right. fucking yeah. suit on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Put this beautiful suit yeah. on, you asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which could also explain why there wouldn't be like a note to their families or something, because maybe they wouldn't let them do that or something, you mm. know? No, you're right. And I, yeah, and I think, I definitely think that the fact that the area was you know, well manicured in this crazy wild jungle. I think you're on to something, Mike, that it does like have an air of some some right. aspects of this. I keep thinking you're going to say something next. That's going to be like completely like this is why it was aliens, though. You could think whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but there was oh, also oh, protoplasm there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, our thing on this podcast, at the end, I'm going to ask you guys what each of you think. But my theory is always, for almost every story, aliens. Right. It, 100%. If I why can't not? explain it, it's yeah. aliens. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then people begin to speculate in the town. There's like these whisperings of this weird story of two of their citizens are found on this hill hundreds of miles away. What could have happened to them? So in their hometown, there's all these rumblings that maybe these men were victims of the Brazilian military dictatorship, which is one of the theories that we've been talking about, and that perhaps they were suspected communists and the government had killed them. And maybe they just covered it up by throwing all these weird red herrings, right? Like maybe, you know, the government was saying, okay, we're going to murder these two people and to make sure that nobody ever thinks it was the government, let's plant this weird stuff on Dude, or they could have... Because they're both like <laughs> electronics enthusiasts. They could oh. have hired them to like make something or give them some kind oh. of information. And oh. then that's right. when you throw all the. Because before, like you guys were saying, I was like, if it was the government, that's so extra. Why would they do all that stuff? But if they needed right. something from them first, you know, maybe the government winds no, and that's a good you point. and gives you a suit. Yeah, and maybe. Maybe they were going to make something anyway. Like they had that whole list of electronic parts. Right. Maybe the government wanted them to. Uh, maybe the government said to them, hey, do you know how to make X, Y and Z? And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll go. We'll get those parts for you and we'll make this in our workshop. And then the government went and intercepted them somehow and got those electronic parts. And that's where the money mm-hmm. went is the men had already made it to the electronics store and they just didn't keep a receipt. Yeah. But. Mike, I think this is what you were waiting yes. for. <laughs> on <laughs> Then, on August 25th, just a few days after the men's bodies were discovered, the husband of a respected upper-class woman in the area came forward with some startling information. According to the husband of Senora Gracinda Barbosa Cutino de Souza from the Niteroy neighborhood of Fonseca, D'Souza had seen an unidentified flying object on the same night the men died. What? Souza had been driving that evening with her three small children when they saw, quote, an oval-shaped object of an orangey color with a band of fire around its edges hanging over the top of a hill and sending out rays in all directions. Damn. Souza was so alarmed that she stopped her car in the middle of the road, and she and her children watched the object rise and fall vertically in the air for about four minutes. When she got home, she told her husband about the sighting. He asked her to take him to show him where she had seen the UFO. She drove with him over to the area and told him to stop. 
pointing with her finger. She said, there, it was hovering right over that hill. And her finger was pointing directly towards the Moro do Vintem. Holy shit. <laughs> when, <laughs> when the story of the men dying on the hill was published in the newspaper just a day after their mysterious deaths, Suze's husband felt that he had a moral duty to tell the police what his family had seen on the hill the same night that the men were thought to have died. Reports of this sighting appeared in local papers the same day, August 25th, along with some claims that further information from the Souzas was known and being kept secret from the public by the police. After the report went public, the police had a number of other people call to confirm the sighting. They all reported that they had been afraid to report such a strange matter but the to- because the topic of UFOs was being discouraged by the government at the time, but the fact that someone of Sen- Senora Souza's status was willing to come forward gave other people the courage to also come forward. <laughs> oh, man. Amen. Oh, man. So they maybe were told how to be like contacted or or maybe maybe they were trying to contact aliens and there was like a process you had to like trim the grass make the area kind of like noticeable like a crop circle wow maybe they were trying to get sucked up into that spacecraft right but what i mean i don't know what it takes for like interdimensional travel or to be tracked or beamed up maybe you have to like empty out right. your colon over right. three days otherwise oh. right you have to fast or something i don't know yeah right yeah dude. if you have to fast for I like an know. mri or something you definitely have to fast for, <laughs> yeah. to be for especially yeah. back then you know alien technology That's like now tractor. you don't need it but back yeah. then maybe right 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 of course the lead glasses make sense now because if there's like a super bright, crazy light, that would just blind you. Right, right. If, if Yeah, or right. radiation, right? right. Radiation, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you were saying, yeah. when you get an x-ray, they put that lead um, apron thing Best. on over parts that aren't being x-rayed. So, it, right. you know, maybe they were worried about their eyes melting from radiation right. or becoming blind. So they had crafted these glasses. You think you could see through the lead glasses no you can't no so that makes i mean i don't know what to make of that part because it would make sense if you could see through them that they would have made those so they can look at whatever they were expecting right but i don't know right any other way to make it make sense yeah well maybe okay let's just playing devil's advocate maybe their plan was okay we're gonna do some something to make the ufo come to us and then when it starts opening up its portal to hit us with that tractor beam to pull us into the ship, we're going to put our glasses on. That way our eyes don't melt or we don't become blind. And then once we're right. in the ship, we can safely take our glasses off. That's nice. But see, then I my mind keeps going back to like, why were the glasses not, why didn't they have like a string or something to keep them on your face? I'm so I'm so jittery. <laughs> it's almost like whoever set them up for this experiment just didn't give a shit about their job. They were like, "Oh yeah, well, if these guys die, like whatever. We'll find two more dudes." You know? The other thing is, is like the the like I I I love UFO stuff, and I, ever since I was a kid, I would like get ufo books from the library and i would like read all about ufos and watch a bunch of alien movies and i've just always loved ufo stuff 
but I've I've never heard a story from like early early accounts of of alien encounters or whatever where like your eyes need to be protected like in any way like it could just be me and and the stories i've read but like i just don't i it's i've never heard protecting your eyes from like bright alien lights ever really that's a good i do point. know when you right. go to like a tanning bed you have right. to put stuff over your eyes to protect them. And that's like not even alien technology. That's like <laughs> yeah. everyone can do that. So, But was that knowledge back then as far as like, you know, because that's because UV rays are like harmful to your eyes or whatever. Right. Like, was that known in the this is the, yeah. the 50s, the yeah. 60s? What did you need lead sunglasses for in the 50s? <laughs> well, nuclear war. I don't know. Did they think back then that? Yeah. Did they know that, that maybe yeah. lead would help them from nuclear fallout? I don't know. They didn't know anything. Yeah. I mean, then. still, you know. I mean, the fact, and, and it's undeniable that they are shaped like sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the right. photos look like sunglasses. There's nothing else it could be. I think maybe right. maybe it doesn't even matter that they were lead because they just fucking put lead in everything back then. Yeah. So maybe they weren't yeah, you're thinking, right. They weren't thinking like, let's make these glasses out of lead. They're like, what's the material that we make everything from? How yeah. can we make glasses? Yeah. Well, I got all this lead in the car. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Lead is yeah. great. Oh, yeah. So now we're going to go like one level deeper into this Ooh. UFO stuff. Awesome. So, People then began to make connections between this UFO sighting and some other alleged UFO sightings from the two months prior before the men died. So on June 13th, a couple months before, at a beach called Atafona in the state of Espirito Santo, suffered a violent explosion that rocked buildings as far as 15 kilometers away. And at the time, there were rumors of mysterious experiments taking place at the beach or on small islands just off the beach. And a ball of fire was seen over the beach, and several local fishermen reported that a flying saucer was seen falling into the sea after the explosion. Cloverfield. Yeah, Cloverfield. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we could, if we're being skeptical, I mean, we could say that these are, you know, some type of, the government's doing experiments, maybe they're trying to develop nuclear weapons. I don't know, like. It's the 60s. No reason to be skeptical. It's aliens. But they saw a <laughs> flying saucer? Maybe they were working with some science team on, like, oh, you know, experimental bomb guys. stuff, maybe. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's not... Uh, we've heard of that happening before. In Area 51, they basically hired this random guy who was just blowing shit up in the desert for fun. To, like, come and supposedly reverse engineer, like, yeah. alien equipment. Yeah. And he and really maybe... didn't have any qualifications other than he was just down. And maybe these yeah. guys, <laughs> being these, like, electronical <laughs> enthusiasts, were just down. I mean, clearly, they were like, hey, come to this place, take all these pills, do all this shit, lit sunglasses. And they were like, all right, we'll see you in three days. You know? Right. Yeah. We yeah. love each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that would make sense if they had like a fallen something that they'd want to like figure it out. So they're right. like, who knows stuff about electronics? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, maybe there was like a bomb test that was supposed to happen 
and maybe they were preparing for fallout effects and maybe like they were taking pills so they could be protected from like radiation type stuff and maybe they were prepared for like you know because you can't look at a blast really either if you're super close to it that's true so maybe it just went wrong and they just they the pills killed them that actually has a lot of merit because i know people who are going through chemotherapy or radiation therapy have to take these like pills to help protect them and right right yeah because it's poison it's radiation is poison yeah so Mm -hmm. wait now now i'm on board with that it sounds like they knew they were about to be exposed to radiation which is why they would do the lead sunglasses and why they would take the pills and maybe back then they thought that would be enough like oh take these pills and and this right right yeah yeah and the fact that it was like you know two nobodies that could disappear or die and it wouldn't really matter in the grand scheme of the of the scientific you know right discovery or whatever so maybe they just didn't realize that they were it was more harmful yeah. for them to take those things dude and they're just like ah oh, fuck it we fucked up i feel like they were like you're gonna come down here and you're gonna help us figure out this other shit that happened and then oh. maybe they did right and oh, some and other they, event and they, happened yeah. and then you're like okay so now so you could definitely not open your mouth to your families right yeah right. you're out yeah because what are the odds that there are these two ufo events in a, in a, the same area especially the one that was right above the hill hovering yeah, for four right. minutes going up and down right. what are the odds maybe they were already wow. exposed to the radiation somewhere else at some other like undisclosed location oh, and then they brought the bodies yeah. there because they were radioactive and they didn't know what to do with them right yeah. to dispose of them you know i don't well if one of those things fell from the sky and they assumed that that was like the source of the radiation when they brought the nerds in to examine the thing <laughs> they would have given them that pill and yeah, probably right. those cool sunglasses right right well well you guys i still like I'm... to think Sorry. Oh no, I was about to say you're so okay, go ahead. They're in love, Mike. I just want to say they're in love and the alien thing is just like and that just Uh, accidentally uh, happened while they were looking at the stars. Maybe aliens are just big fans of true love and they were like, let's get closer to this romantic picnic. Yeah, but they can't because they're aliens. I am about to blow your mind because Natalia, you said this earlier and I ignored you because I was like, I hope that this doesn't give anything away. But Another startling discovery was made. A journalist investigating the deaths of the two men discovered that another lead mask death happened four years earlier, near the exact spot that the two men were found. I knew Apparently, it. a man named Hermes Louise Feitosa was found dead in 1962 on the exact same hill with the exact same type of lead mask positioned on his face. According to Wikipedia, investigations had revealed that the victim had gone to that place with a specific intent to experiment with alleged psychic abilities that would have allowed him to pick up radio and television signals without the use of electronic means, but only through the power of his mind. And nobody is sure nobody is sure why he died. They just found his body. But he was wearing the lead mask. It hadn't fallen off his face. And he was on that hill, but not in the exact same spot, but on that hill. Okay, I got it. I got it. They Okay, so they, they were part of a scientific community mm. that, like, kind of 
maybe sent letters back and forth to each other. Maybe there was like newsletters and maybe there was like a group of people that believed that you could do what you were saying if you took these pills and you went to this hill, which was like maybe a tall enough hill to receive signals or something. And maybe they were part of like another victim in that kind of process where they were trying it as well to see if they could receive the radio signals without electronics, but it just kills you. Well, Steve, I think you're on to something because in another curveball, police discovered that the men had been leading something of a secret life. Now, mm-hmm. Mike might want to believe that oh, they were no. lovers, <laughs> but after interviewing a friend of the men whose name was Elcio Gomez, the police discovered that all three of the men had been conducting experiments in Viana's backyard in Campos dos Goytacazes. Gomez said that the men had built an electronic device that they hoped to use to contact life on Mars, but the device exploded when they turned it on. Gomez also revealed that all three of the men were members of a secret religious cult known as the Scientific Spiritualists, which was heavily involved in experimentation with psychedelic drugs. In order to perform a religious ritual, the men were allegedly supposed to ingest capsules containing an unknown hallucinogenic substance and wait for extraterrestrials to contact them. The police searched the homes and backyards of Cruz and Viana, and they did find lead scraps that appeared to be used in the creation of several lead masks. They also discovered torn pages of a notebook in Cruz's workshop. However, the highlighted passages in this notebook were not regarding aliens. Instead, they were about how spirits and ghosts are surrounded by an intense luminosity that can blind the eyes. Wow! This led to speculation that perhaps the men were not trying to contact aliens at all, but rather ghosts. The lead masks may not have been intended for protection from UFO radiation, but rather the blinding light of spirits during some sort of seance. Wow. Wait, to tie that in, though, there's this story in the Bible. I can't remember who it is. It's this guy, and he, like, sees this burning bush, and it has the spirit of God in it. Are you talking about Moses? Is Was it Moses? I remember <laughs> yes, it was Moses. someone. I didn't want to say it was Moses, and then, you know, I didn't want to, like, I didn't know if it was. Okay, so Moses, yeah. Do yeah. so you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so now that story of Moses, though, did you know that there's, uh, this is uh, kind of off topic, but maybe not. So someone recently told me that there's like historical, uh, like a scientific reason that Moses would have been able to talk to God at the burning bush. They think that the burning bush was an acacia, which I guess has properties of DMT, and that Moses may have been inadvertently smoking DMT by breathing in the fumes from this burning bush. And so he spoke to God. When when Moses was on the Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) This is is for another podcast entirely, but I have experienced DMT one time and I'm not fucking talk to God. So I do not believe that at all. I want my money back. I don't believe in that. Natalia, this is the perfect podcast for that. Tell the folks at home about your experience because I'm interested. You guys, it was very, look, I'll go into full details on another podcast because it's a whole crazy story about how I had this weird roommate that bought drugs from the dark web and then somehow convinced me that it was going to be fine. 
And, oh <laughs> and it was not. She long. wrote all the instructions on a notebook pad. Right. She put yeah. on the love mask. So <laughs> I experienced DMT one time. One time was enough. I never did it again. I had done psychedelics before that. I had taken mushrooms before. I, you know, I had like lived. I'd gone to raves and stuff. So it's <laughs> not like I was just coming in cold. I felt prepared right. for this experience. <laughs> You didn't go from weed to DMT. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it was, I mean, I know a lot of it has to do with like your mindset, but it was not, I didn't speak to God. It was like, I thought I literally died. So I felt <laughs> as soon as I smoked this stuff, I was like, oh my God, this tastes like straight up chemicals and I'm about to die. Like if you tasted yeah. what it tasted like, you're just like, this is not natural. There is nothing about this. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so maybe going into that with that was like what it what caused this reaction. But slowly all of my senses went away. I started not being able to hear anything. It like everything like tunnel vision, like my vision got smaller and smaller and smaller. Like I was leaving this world. But like mm. I was also dying. Like I was like, am I go- going on a trip or Am I slowly dying right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. Should I then, enjoy this? Yeah. And yeah. Then, like everything was black, which is not what you hear. Like when you hear about people doing DMT, they're like, I saw elves in like a crystal castle and beings took yeah. me on a journey. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. like yeah. Moses spoke with God. And I was like, this can't be right because everything <laughs> is dark. I can't hear anything. I can't see anything. I don't feel anything. Do I exist? And then I was like, oh my God, I died. This is hell. I'm just stuck with my subconscious <laughs> forever. And then I was just like sitting there, like accepting that I had died and gone to hell. And that like hell was just being alone in the dark with your thoughts for eternity. That oh, is wow. hell. That yeah. is hell. That sounds like you yeah. had a bad trip. Yeah. And then yeah. I heard, and then I heard my roommate be like, it can't it can't hurt you and i was like oh my god you're still there oh thank god and then everything just started getting bright and it was like fine again but oh wonderful yeah but i really don't i don't think i talk to god at all (laughs) but it's interesting because there there is a lot of connections with like uh there's a lot of fucking research into early like religious connections to psychedelics and and um nomadic people discovering mushrooms in the forest and thinking that because they were penis shaped that they were like reproductive penis gifts from the gods right and if they ate them they could talk to god and and a lot of a lot of uh researchers have surmised that the idea of God at all comes from like tripping on mushrooms or tripping on the shit that Moses's Bush might've been made out right, of, you know, right. the DMT stuff. Well, and so, so it but, makes sense yeah. for like these two guys, these two lead mask men, it makes sense that they may have been taking psychedelics in an attempt yeah. to either contact the spirit realm or aliens or some sort of religious cult Right. Like it, it does make sense. Right. So maybe these pills that they were taking, they could have been something to protect them from radiation. There's a lot of theories here. Or it could have been psychedelics. We're not really sure. And yeah. basically all of that information is all that there is of the story of the lead masks. So what we're left with are about six different theories. So I want to recap these theories to you really quickly. And I want to hear your guys' opinions. So theory number one is foul play. And that theory basically is one of two things. Either these guys were drugged, robbed of their money, and dumped on the Moro Dovintem hillside, or 
the government could have killed them for being suspected communists. They could have been disappeared. Theory number two could have been a suicide pact. And I'm going to add in here because they were lovers. But it also could have just been. Nice. Thank you. It also could have just been that they decided to ingest a poison together and die on this hill because maybe they were. I mean, we don't know. This was like a very tumultuous time in history. Maybe they were scared of something, worried about something. Maybe they thought it was the end times. A lot of people, when governments are going through revolutions, a lot of people think, oh, this is a sign of like Armageddon or revelations. I mean, I Mm. remember like when Trump won the presidency, I saw like uh, a lot of people thought like this is like the bringing in of um, some sort of like, yeah, like revelations or yeah, the Antichrist or something. So it could have been something like that because we do. That is a pattern that happens in tumultuous political times. And especially with like cults too. cults all believe in kind of a an end game kind of moment. And maybe they were preparing for that. Exactly. Or it could have been a UFO abduction or death. That's the next theory. And this theory says that the men were following instructions to be abducted by a UFO and either something went wrong and they died before they could be abducted or only their souls were taken into the (gasps) UFO, leaving their lifeless bodies behind because they were no longer needed. Because we have to remember that independent of these two guys dying on this hill, People saw this UFO above the hill before they even knew that these guys were up there. Wow. You can't they got resurrected that. by the aliens. I don't even need to hear whatever's next because that. I know. I, yeah. think, that's, <laughs> I think that's. I, I mean, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just for you to get it out off of your chest. What's the next <laughs> yeah. Yet? Okay. Good. Because I've got a couple more notes. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish. But aliens had the best abduction of all time. Okay. So the next one is a secret religious cult. And this one says that perhaps some sort of rapture situation happened where, again, the bodies are left behind, but the souls of the righteous leave this earth if they follow instructions correctly and that is a common belief in a lot of different religions that if you follow the teachings of whatever god you believe in then when the end times comes or the rapture happens it doesn't necessarily mean that the world ends it just means that the people who didn't follow that particular ideology have to live on earth which is hell while everyone else gets to go up to whatever Space they think or heaven, heaven is. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. And then the theory I have is ghosts. So this theory <laughs> says perhaps the men attempted to contact a deity, a ghost, or some other apparition from the spirit realm, either through a seance or through some other means, and were killed by that spirit. And this theory is actually one of the lesser talked about theories in the case. But it's also one of my favorites because some Brazilians speculate that perhaps the men met with a Brazilian ghost from folklore known as the Headless Mule. Have you guys ever heard of the Headless Mule? No. No. I'm very excited because I was so pumped when I found this. Okay. (laughs) So the Headless Mule is thought to be the ghost of a woman who was cursed by God for fornicating with a priest inside the church. As as such. Yeah, Mike's like, makes sense. Yeah, okay. Doesn't matter, had sex. Yeah, yeah. As such, she is condemned to turn into a fire-spewing, headless mule galloping through the countryside from Thursday at sundown to Friday at sunrise. 
The Condemned. mule has been spotted. Sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mule has been spotted throughout many different regions of Brazil, including the area where the hill that the men were found on is. And its appearance varies greatly from region to region. Sometimes she appears as a brown mule, sometimes as a black mule. Sometimes she has silver or iron horseshoes that produce a hideous trotting noise, much louder than any mortal horse is capable of producing. And despite being headless, the mule still neighs, and sometimes it even moans like a crying woman. Wow, that's spooky shit. It's spooky. It love also it. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, this is why it's my favorite. <laughs> it also has a bridle tied to its non-existent mouth, and it spews fire through its severed and bleeding neck hole. So hard at the end. According to most reports, the mule is condemned to gallop over the territory of seven parishes each night, and its trip must begin and end at the parish where its sin was committed. Transformation usually occurs at a crossroads. The cursed woman is doomed to walk to the crossroads each Thursday night, where she is cruelly and painfully transformed into a headless mule. She then completes her journey, galloping through the dark streets, crying and wailing. Anyone who encounters the mule should not cross its path, or the mule will follow the offender until they trample them down. Holy shit! When the mule completes its journey, it will transform back into the accursed woman, who will be left completely naked, sweating, and smelling of sulfur. And I have an artist's rendition of what this oh, looks yes! like that I'm going to yes! send you guys. How come only the woman had to get turned into this mule thing and the Dude, priest It's just... probably like a pregnancy situation. No, I'll tell you what <laughs> Wait, it is. what does that 100%. mean, Mike? <laughs> like, <laughs> women have to go through all this terrible shit and the men are just like, okay, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what it is. I think I know what it is. Because, like, um, there's, a, there's a story about the red shoes that that the woman was like cursed to wear the red shoes and oh, dance until yes. she died or whatever. Yeah, and her feet bleed I, and, and yeah. Right, right, and she's just cursed because she was like flaunting her 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 wealth in in a in the church, and it's always connected to some church thing yeah. too. And I like even though it's like so badass and awesome, you like in 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 a lot of ways you can connect that idea to. The, the whole premarital sex or sex or just having sex at all yeah. right. being kind of like an unchristian kind of thing way back in the day or whatever. So it really was kind of like a scare tactic to be like, if you have sex before you're married, you're going to go to hell. But if you have sex with a priest in a church, oh, dude, you're going to be a demon. You're going to yeah. be a demon and you're going to bleed everywhere. <laughs> and it would just scare people to not have sex. Right. And I think a lot of them are based into scaring people not to have sex. I think you're right, Steve. And I also think the, f- the fact that priests are not supposed to have sex Right. And, but when a priest does have sex, it's the fault of the other person, right? It's the right. It's and, they right. Were seduced, certainly not a woman's but, fault, right, right? By a succubus, or, it's certainly or something. not a man's fault, yeah. right? But it's interesting because, like, you know, um, that the idea that you become a headless, bleeding, screaming, fire-breathing goat or or donkey or whatever mule. is such a a mule is such a twisted 
concept that probably came from the priests yeah, you know yeah. that's like <laughs> yeah. when you think about that so it's like they had to think of this terrifying thing that would scare people to not have sex basically right are you guys seeing these photos that Alyssa sent no I haven't seen oh. yet okay one thing I want to add about the mule thing is that a mule is a sterile animal it's a mix of a horse and a donkey and the offspring wow. is a mule and it's sterile. It's like it can't have it can't reproduce. So I think maybe there's like some subtle thing about like female fertility, too. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Great point. And infidelity and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So what do you guys think Damn. of these photos that I sent? Well, artist renditions. Obviously, there's no photos of this ghost. It's I very appreciate elusive. that they're they're that they're not as terrifying as the description <laughs> yes. but um but they're they're so cool I very wanna cool imagery point out that this first photo you sent is of a, a mule with its face on fire and but in the background there's a church and if you look in the church in the doorway there's like a shadow of a priest and it's definitely a priest he's got like the pope hat thing and he's like has a scepter and he's just looking out at the mule and i'm wondering like is that the priest that the woman had sex with and then she just turns into this mule and he's just looking and he's like oh god i dodged a bullet there like i I bet it must be yeah it's definitely very eerie though so these pictures it's basically yeah it's a mule but then where its head should be it's just just fire Mm -hmm. yeah so super cool imagery i've also never seen that. The fact no, too, you either. said that it has a bridle, even though it doesn't have a face. Like that makes me think it's you, you can ride it. I but would I, ride that if I saw that yeah. coming out. <laughs> that would be my death wish. Is like I yes. was just riding, riding this demon mule. Right. <laughs> don't fuck with, don't fuck with that. Wearing <laughs> earplugs because of the the, the silver. Uh, yeah, the, all yeah. the screaming and the what yeah. have you. <laughs> Well, also, let's tie that back to the the motto of the hometown of where these men were from, which is uh, even women fight for their rights here. Yeah. <laughs> is that supposed to be encouraging or is that nobody like, is quite sure? Yeah. Is that supposed sure. to be like, wow, this t- this town is so crazy that even women fight for their rights? Yeah. Here? Yeah, or yeah, is, yeah. OK. Yeah, it could have been. I bet. Yeah. Okay. But then we come <laughs> to the last two theories. Oh, wait, by the way, do you want to know how you can uh, get this woman, this poor woman that turns into a mule, how you can uncurse her? Do you want to guess? Let me guess. Yeah, let me guess. Some kind of, like, they have to be baptized again or something or, like, maybe become celibate, something uh, like that. So you have to cut her so that she bleeds and then you can marry her. And then she, and then she no longer turns into a mule. I thought you were gonna say if you take eight pills after lunch, <laughs> yeah. oh, that would have been way cooler. Yeah. And get a lead mask. mask how are you yeah. supposed to get a? How are you supposed to plan a wedding with a mule that's on fire? I mean, it's hard enough to do with a quickly, person to get very all the quickly. guests there. Yeah, <laughs> chasing it down at the crossroads. Come like, on. Okay, so I don't have to invite my aunt, but my mom is definitely gonna want to come. Imagine, imagine having to propose to her too. You'd be like, I, I'd like, I'd like to marry you. So here's my knife. Let's cut you. Up. <laughs> Let's bleed you out so I can marry you. Oh, oh my god. So now we come to the last two theories. So the oh second to last theory is just drugs. 
So that theory is (laughs) these guys took some psychedelics. They were tripping. They were like, you know what we should do? We should make lead masks and talk to aliens. (laughs) So then they went to this hill, brought their supplies, took more drugs, and then overdosed. So that, that could one be doesn't possible. work because the guy before had the exact same idea. The guy from like a few years earlier. So mm. I'm gonna rule that one out. I have a theory I, about I, that. Oh, oh okay, say it. Ahead, yeah. No, 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 no. Later, after oh. the after the real ones. After okay. The real okay. Theories, you can hear well, my stupid say, theory. <laughs> but the dr- I was gonna say the drug theory might work because um, you know maybe again like it was meant to kill them, like they knew they were gonna die, especially if they were in some kind of secret cult, cult or whatever. Right. And um, so maybe the same the mask guy from before also took the pills that would kill them because you know it was all about having their soul go to some space shit or whatever right. so maybe they knew they were dying with the drugs yeah go out or go out tripping yeah i don't know right yeah so the last theory we've talked about on this show before but not on an episode that you guys have been on have you ever heard of ball lightning yeah but refresh my memory so i just sent you guys a video if you want to look at it but it is a phenomenon in which lightning forms the shape of a ball and can actually like move around and pass through walls and windows and it can kill people. And it's one of the theories for spontaneous human combustion, which we covered earlier this year, is some people think ball lightning (laughs) strikes people and that's why they explode. But in this theory, we're combining the fact that people saw something hovering up and down over the hill at night and then these two men died of if we believe the coroner, a heart attack at the exact same moment. So if you uh-huh. guys want to watch this video and describe it to our listeners. What's the thing that's like moving around up there? Is Lightning. That, just, that, 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 so, so that little thing floating around in the sky is the lightning. Yes. Wow. And scientists still don't that. understand it yet. And so a lot of UFO sightings can be attributed if you're a skeptic to ball lightning because we don't fully understand it yet and it looks like a craft moving up and down for real yeah Yeah. damn that's a fun way to explain away anything you don't right right (laughs) yeah that's how i feel about it i've said several times that ball lightning is like ghosts i just don't i don't believe in ball lightning i know that there's something out there that looks like ball lightning's been described as but i don't think it's ball lightning well, uh-huh. and a lot of because there's no scientific way to explain ball lightning, a lot of people do think like it's not lightning. It's something else. We don't know what it is. Maybe it is a UFO. Right. Maybe it is uh, some sort of paranormal phenomenon. But scientists are more comfortable using the words ball lightning to explain it. And because they can't wow. explain how it forms yet. I'm getting right. sick yeah. of but if there's no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of following the science. But if there's science no scientific to throw some boring shit on top yeah. of some cool shit. <laughs> it could be these other words we just made up. What do you think about yeah. that? We're scientists. So those are all the theories, you guys. So I'm gonna read my sources really quick and then I want to hear what you guys think is the most likely or what your favorite is. So my sources for this episode are thevintagenews.com, noufors.com, wikipedia.org, anomalyinfo.com, a Reddit post by user Hang On To Your Ego on r slash unresolved mysteries, <laughs> theghostinmymachine.com, 
and an article entitled The Mystery of the Moro Dovin Tim by Charles Bowen. So, guys, what do you think? There's so many theories. And they're all, like, potentially right. Right. And And it's hard to, like, really zero in on one, but... I mean, I, I guess it's, I, okay. So the practical, my practical thoughts are they, they took drugs that were meant to kill them. They were part of a cult that believed that they could ascend to heaven with aliens or something kind of like heaven's gate or something. And that's, that's my like real life explanation. My, my hopeful, awesome, like paranormal explanation is aliens for sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, too. So the friend who revealed that these two men were in a a cult with him, uh, the police ended up arresting that guy for allegedly changing his story when they asked him to reveal the leader of the religious cult. He changed his mind and said, hey, I was lying the whole time. We're actually not part of this cult. And so then police arrested him for changing his story. Wow. So. okay, so I agree with everything that Steve said about them doing drugs and being in this cult. Um, When I saw the sunglasses and we were talking about the sunglasses, I just had this, my mind connected it with these like very old timey ads where you could buy, you know, like x-ray vision and whatever, very hokey and stuff like that. In the back of the comic books and stuff. So I think that there was someone they were, in contact with, like Steve was saying before, like maybe a community of people who had, who had taken people's money under the guise that they could do something greater. Right. Mm -hmm. So they go and they uh, compile this list and they fall in love and they take this trip together (laughs) and they go and they get all this stuff and they put all this stuff together, Mm -hmm. right. To make a thing. I think they actually probably made a thing and did whatever you're supposed to do with it took these drugs at the behest of these other people did whatever you're supposed to do with the thing. So it shoots up and it does whatever before it blows up. So you could see this cool thing while you're tripping out. So your very last thought before you die could be like, I did see the aliens or whatever. Meanwhile, somebody else takes 75% of your money (laughs) and you die with your best friends. Yeah. Cause the unaccounted (laughs) for money is still a thing. That maybe they sent to the cult leader or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's not all of it, so it creates this reasonable doubt where, oh, if, if it was fake, they'd they'd all this stuff would cost exactly how much money we had. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Good point. Natalia, what do you so think? So that's what I think. Or aliens. I think here's what I think. I think they were in a cult that probably believed that aliens and spirits were from like another dimension and we could access that dimension and that they're the same thing, which is why I brought up the Bible story about God being the super bright light and them Mm -hmm. also saying in their religious cult that they believed spirits had really bright light. And I believe that they also use psychedelics in order to access that level of, uh, mindfulness or clarity or whatever you want to see to like bridge that gap to go from our dimension to the next dimension or to contact God or these aliens to me in this story spirits God aliens it's all the same thing and so they take this trip and they're that's why they're wearing the suits and all of this because I think that they're ready to meet 
someone that they think is important or something like God or a spirit or an alien. And so it was all willing on their part. And I think that they were, their souls were resurrected up into this alien craft and left behind and they didn't need money where they were going, you know? And now if you take DMT off the dark web, you you can find them. them. You yes. may or may not see them. That's true. Yeah. They had to go right. build the dark web first. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, do you realize on the dark web there's reviews on like drugs and things like that you can buy? And so like I could go and leave a bad review on that if I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't meet anybody. I was alone for too long. Right. That these drugs were yeah. Hard. Yeah. Well, I think my favorite one is definitely the ghost mule. I like to believe because (laughs) imagine like you're seeing this ghost mule with fire shooting out. You would need lead glasses to protect your eyes. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's demonic fire. Because demonic fire must be even brighter than I don't. I don't doubt that that fire mule exists because I definitely want to see it and try to ride it. And I think that should be (laughs) a thing. Um, Yeah. But I don't know if it goes into this story. Because I feel like it's the, the what I said. I feel like well, I'm right, guys. It's basically <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you guys, that was the story of the lead wild. masks case. That was awesome. Just so Great you know, job. that's Thank nothing you. like Wonderful the Leonardo work. DiCaprio movie. It's not, no, okay. not at all. Well. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be sorely disappointed in the Leonardo right. DiCaprio Man in the Iron Mask. If you, think but now I want this movie. Right. Yeah. Now this I is so much this. better. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Agreed. Me and Steve could play the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Totally. Yeah. We'll, the lovers. We'll be yes. in love. Yeah. I totally see this being made into a movie, right? It starts with like that toddler, like with his kite, yep. and we're following him through yep. a trail. And then he sees in the distance these like two big Lebowski looking dudes, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It would be yeah. beautiful. Or, or like an HBO miniseries, like True Detective style. Like, yeah. Uh, you have the investigators being the stars of the show trying to figure Ooh, it out. Right. And yeah. then want the it. mule comes on fire and <laughs> yes. tramples everyone. That's Is that your the favorite show. theory, <laughs> Alyssa? Yes. That's my favorite theory. I love it. I think it's so metal. It's just like this yeah. woman getting transformed into this right. terrifying demonic creature. And its sole purpose is to just gallop through the night to seven different parishes. And then when she transforms back, she's just like on the ground covered in soot. Yeah. Right. And then in, the, her only salvation is to be married by a guy that stabs her. Like, it's insane. <laughs> well, it's like Mike said, like, that's not even punishment. That's just cool. Like, she yeah. doesn't want to be turned into, like, a fire headed mule and just yeah. gallop yeah. around. And take a, through take the night. a gallop around. It's yeah. probably freeing. <laughs> You're you want right. to have a wild fucking night every night for eternity <laughs> yeah. or no? Have no, sex I think it was with just one night. It's, it's just one night, One right? night. One night a week. Thursday night yeah. to Friday oh, morning. Oh, one night. <laughs> even better. <laughs> even better. It's All just right, your Thursday, Thursday night. That's yeah, so well, I can't go tonight. Too. I can't go to the party. I got to go be a mule. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> so oh do you God. guys, um, Steve, you've been on this show before, so you know how to do our outro. But Mike, I don't mm. think you know how to do our outro. So. Mm-hmm. We always say, BRB, gotta go. And then you have to do a callback to something you heard earlier in the episode. So, Natalia, oh, so do you want to give an example? Things. 
like brb i gotta go catch a fire firehead and mule and ride it into the distance hell yeah exactly okay. so both of you guys can give you can give as many as you want you can just rattle them off one <laughs> after the other you or you can just do one and say i'm done and it's gonna be both of you guys we have to say it in unison. No. Oh, oh, oh you I could. Got one. You could. You could just say different things at the same time. That would be great for our listeners. I got. I, I got one. Okay. Uh, be right back. I gotta go find me a priest to have sex with in a church. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. It's, okay. Um, Brb. Gotta go take uh, drugs with my one true love. <laughs> I love that angle. Yes. Thanks, oh, guys. what about this one? BRB, I gotta go find a hill to die on. <laughs> yeah! Oh, that's oh my gosh. Is that where the saying comes from? I mean, it must yeah, be, right? That's where it comes that's from. That's perfect. That's my new head cannon. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you guys for being on the show. We really thank appreciated you. it. Is there this anything you want to promote before you leave today? You guys, Absolutely everybody not. go subscribe to Dynamic Banter. It's so funny. Maybe. My favorite is looking at the YouTube video compilations people have made of all of your like little bits. <laughs> I was listening to a bunch before you came on and I was dying. Oh, <laughs> thank sweet. you so much. It's very fun. We have a lot of fun. We don't know why anybody likes it, but people seem to <laughs> like it. But we appreciate them we for do liking appreciate it. That. Yeah, and if you guys Thank are you for from, having us if you guys too. are listening to this episode from Dynamic Banter, let us know in the SoundCloud comments or on the photo dump. Uh, if you go to the Instagram page, we will have a photo dump from this episode with all of the evidence compiled. So let us know. Hey, I'm here from Dynamic Banter too. So that way, yeah, nice. definitely. The the DB boys sent me. Yeah, love and that. they will be. We'll force them all. That's the kind of that's the kind of audience relationship we like. No, dude, this is I think this is right up everybody's alley. 100%. This has something for everybody. It's not a mistake that this is the first time we've made an appearance. You guys on did a great too. There right. was no interrupting. Oh. You did fantastic. Oh, great. Thank you. I tried my best. I, yeah. I can't help it sometimes. All right, so we're, we're all gonna say bye at the same time. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Bye. bye. <laughs>